The following podcast is rated D for dumb. You're listening to Dumbing It Down with Dave, the fastest podcast on earth. Listen to Dave commute to and from work on the New York State Thruway in his 2008 Kia Rio LX. He talks about pragmatism, truth, happiness, and the search for it all. Join Dave as he asks and tells you how life ought to be. And now, here's Dave. All right. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dumbing It Down with Dave. My name is Dave. Are you ready to clear your throats and dumb it down? All right, good. Clear your throats. <clears throat> you know, I should know, as your pragmatic podcaster, this is Dave Canyon, your one and only solo host for this and every episode of Dumbing It Down with Dave. Um, this is like episode 149, I think now, or maybe even 150, which I probably should make a little bit more of a big deal, but I don't really think it's that big of a deal. But... Uh, you think by now I would know that, uh, you know, before I hit the button, I, I'd go through the whole rigmarole, whatever rigmarole means, and uh, clear my throat and do all that good stuff. I just inhaled two slices of gas station pizza, which I think I did last episode, too. It's very hard for me to drive by this great deal where you buy one, get one free on the slices of pizza, and then you, uh, you, they let you get a 20-ounce Mountain Dew, which is really a 20-ounce bottle of sugar and water and some green coloring. I think I got the Diet Mountain Dew. I'm pretty sure I'm looking at it right now. I did get the Diet Mountain Dew. Somehow that makes me feel a little bit better. But it's all garbage. It's all toxic. The, you know, the, the white flour, the pepperoni, the high the high nitrate, right? Nitrate, pepperoni that's in there. The high salty sauce. The uh, white flour, sugary bread, um, dough. You know, the cheese, artificial cheese. There's not one part of that is real. Even the heat that they heated the pizza with is fake. It's some sort of electronically... Uh, mastered, uh, digitally uh, prepared heat that cooks. There's no, there's no frying pan. There's no, uh, you know, real fire. It's all fake. There's not one thing real in that. I didn't even pay with cash. I paid with a credit card. Ugh. Let's think about how fake that whole meal is. Terrible. Well, anyway, so uh, I ate that, and then I pressed the button. I said, right, let's do a podcast. I was going to, you know, start the podcast while I was eating the food. I said, now, you know what? Dave, you, you, let's, let's not, you know, grow up, Dave. That's what I said to myself. Grow up, Dave. Come on. Do a mature podcast. Don't do one where you're eating pizza and wiping your face and all that. But I will tell you this. There are there are some remnants of those these two slices uh, in my nose. And uh, there's a pepper in there somewhere. And I'm going to sneeze, I think, in the next 28 minutes. I think I'm going to sneeze. And when I sneeze, I usually sneeze in threes. Have I brought that up yet? I sneeze in threes. That's not even something I say because it's uh, literary or whatever. It's um, I sneeze in threes. In the last couple of years, that number on average has gone up. On average, I don't know. It's gone up to four, sometimes five and six times. But um, and you never know what it's going to be. And it's never like for the for a reason I can nail down, like you know whether it's dust or pepper or whatever. But sometimes I'll just start sneezing. And I love sneezing. I really do. I don't like to say I love a lot of things because, you know, I, you don't love things that don't love you back. But I really do enjoy sneezing. I enjoy the whole, <laughs> and then that, uh, the whole bursting of the, you know, everything. I just love it. I love the cleansing of it. I love the refreshing of it. I love it. I, you know, I'm, if I could just do it on call, that would be fantastic. No, I don't want to fake it. Like, I, I really want to, like, if there was a button I could press, like my belly button, you know, to activate the sneezing. Just that's just no in the next cut like a toaster oven. You just watch the thing start to glow a little bit. You hit it, tick, 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 you know, everything starts to. Oh man, I would just love to know it's coming. 
and then all of a sudden just let it out. And I mean, when I sneeze, man, I totally inhale. I know it's coming, and I embrace it. I really do. So there you go. A kazooer, a go-carter, and a man who loves his sneezes. I really do. Most men, especially at the age of 56 and at a weight of 290, at a religion of Judaism, at a speed of uh, 75 miles an hour, is it? Seven, yeah, 75 miles an hour. Fastest podcast on earth. Truth, pragmatism, and the search for it all. And today, we're coming out again. I just keep on, you know, opening myself up to the world while the world just, you know, pours salt all over me every t- every time I, every chance it gets. But I am an enjoyer of sneezes. I do enjoy a good sneeze. I don't hide it. I mean, if I'm in a room with people, I don't want to infect people. You know, I know these things travel a high rate of speed. There's a, you know, a lot of velocity. There's a lot of content, a lot of volume, a lot of, um, I, you know, this stuff. I know that they've uh, done slow motion videos of these things. And uh, they have, in fact, uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot coming out of your mouth. And, you know, sometimes you're, you, know, you, know, you, you think you're going to sneeze through your nose and it comes out of your mouth. And I, I don't understand that science. Maybe one day I'll meet somebody and they'll go, oh, Dave. You've met the right person. I have here on this slideshow, I have here in this videotape, I have here in, uh, in this microfiche, this will explain everything about sneezes. Why sometimes it comes out of your nose and sometimes it comes out of your mouth. There is a Dr. Mucus somewhere. And I, I know my wife watches this Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, boy, there's a tractor trailer here pulled over at the Catskill Toll Booth. And I belong to a Facebook group. And I should probably have taken a picture. I don't want to take a chance and pause this recording. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, maybe I will. Hold on. Yeah, I guess that worked. All right. Anyway, I'm just doing the loop-de-loop here in Catskill. And, in fact, there's a tractor-trailer uh, guy pulled over by, it looks like a team. It looks like a husband and wife team. One guy in black, one guy in gray. And they pulled this truck over, and I don't know what the problem is, but uh, went through the Catskill exit, and they got pulled over. So I stopped to help my uh, my colleagues. I don't know why I do. Every time I try to help people, I get burnt. But um, to let them know that there's a uh, trooper here. Oh, commercial vehicle enforcement. Yeah, it's a conversion commercial commercial vehicle enforcement state trooper here at the Catskill. Uh, so this is what I do, folks. I took a little break to help out my colleagues so they know that there's a guy here. I mean, we do this in this group. It's a secret, closed Facebook group. You'll never find it. But um, it's like the dark web. I have no idea. But um, they post all these things about, uh, you know, this exit, that exit. So I took a little break, and I did my truck driving duty. It's not really a truck driving duty. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why they do it. Just pay attention and you should be fine, but whatever. Really just distract me. I don't even know where I was. Oh, sneezing. <laughs> I'm a sneezer. I love sneezing. Anyway, I really do. Dave, yes? sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine, Hazel. This is Hazel. Yes, I knew that already. What can I do for you? I think you should take a drink break. I think you're right. I think that's a good idea. We'll start the show again. At uh, the seven minute uh, 50 mark. Feeling better now. I am feeling better. I took a little sip of my Mountain Dew, Hazel. And say hello to everybody for me. I appreciate you stopping by. All right, that was Hazel. Hazel's been stopping by regularly the last couple of shows. I'm sure we'll hear from somebody else in the near future. Thank you to, to um, Linda Irwin from the Awesome Insanity Surfers podcast 
for providing uh, Hazel and the other AI voices. That would be Linda at the Awesome Insanity Surfers Podcast. She came up with a couple of new podcasts last week. I haven't had a chance to tune in. Um, that, actually, that's not true. I did have a couple of opportunities, but uh, I was just going down the road the other day. I just I needed silence. I just needed total silence. Ugh. And I got silence. All the way back from Rochester, New York. Four hours out, four hours back. Nothing but silence. Not nothing, but mostly silence. Um, there we go. All right, let's get on with the show, shall we? Got a little drink break early in the show. Usually we have a drink break later. I have, uh, so I thank Linda, and I thank, uh, I'm i going to thank Alex now. Alex Exum at the top of the show for doing the intro. He's the guy that provides the voice and goes, Here's Dave. Great job when he does that. I like when he does it that way. I don't like it when he does it the other way, where he goes, Here's Dave. I'm not a fan of that. Ed McMahon never went, Here's Johnny. I, I got to go. I'm too busy. I can't inhale right now. I can't uh, I can't breathe. Here's Johnny. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Do a monologue. Let's get on with the show. He would always have all these papers, his folder with him. You know, I think he always had a folder in his hand. Something. Or, you know, a whole bunch of cards that said things that he had to read. And he went, here's Johnny. One of the greatest sounds of my life. I love hearing here's Johnny. Um, I think David Letterman had a guy for a long time. I don't really know. So some guys have guys. Some guys don't have guys. But um, I did... Uh, I have been on a Jerry Lewis jag recently. And I've been watching a lot of old telethon. So a lot of you remember that. Uh, yeah, most of you remember the uh, muscular dystrophy telethon back in the day. And boy, that Jerry Lewis. He was something else. And that whole telethon was something else. Billions. I think they raised at the end. They had raised billions of dollars. Three billion or something like that. Total after 50 some odd years. Or how many years they were on TV. And um, never really got quite to the to the bottom of the whole muscular dystrophy thing. Never quite solved the problem. And I saw him on a Phil Donahue interview back back in 1977, maybe 79. I definitely was in the 80s. It was the late 70s. It was one of those later years. I found that on YouTube. And a woman asked him, "How close are you?" So this is 40 years ago, maybe 42 years ago. And he said we were close. And I felt like they said that every year. We're close. We're getting closer. We're close. We're getting closer. And uh, I don't deny that that was true. I don't deny that the kids got all that money. I don't deny anything. I have no idea. Of, I'm not going to start a thing where, oh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people pocketed that money. I, I don't think so. I think it was a very legitimate organization. And, um, I, you know, I don't know how close they are to solving the muscular dystrophy problem. I don't know. You know, I'm sure. I, I, I am curious. And I think it's really interesting this is what I came out of. I've been watching a lot of telethon footage. A lot of Jerry Lewis and telethon footage. So, yeah, how do I get to this point? Because of Ed McMahon. Because Ed McMahon would do the t- timpani. He'd go, timpani, or something like that. Total, you know, whatever. And then they would go to the board. And it would be this great music. And uh, you would see the numbers click. And, you know, be the, it would be at the next number, the next number, and all that stuff. It was very exciting when when uh, Jer- uh, Ed McMahon would interrupt Jerry and go, Jerry, Jerry, I have some news for you. And he'd go, yes. Ed, go ahead, you know, and and he would say, "You want to see you want to see a number?" And Jerry would go, "Give it to me, give it to me." And then, you know, uh, Ed would turn to the board and goes, "You know," he would say, uh, "Tiffany," and then, man, it was just exciting. And they would do it like every 10, 15 minutes. It was very, very exciting. So people like me were really like you know this uh, obsessive people would watch that tote. Go, oh, it's gonna are they gonna break you know twenty eight? Are they gonna break twenty nine? Whatever. Just would watch it. Be so obsessed with it. At the same time, they would entertain you with all this 
I mean, really entertain you. And uh, being a New Yorker, I don't know what the rest of the world it looked like, but as a New Yorker growing up in Brooklyn, you would get the New York feed, which they used to be out of. They used to do it from New York, and then Jerry moved it to California, um, Hollywood or whatever. And because uh, you know they, he had he actually at one show I watched, he kind of apologized for it because uh, he he felt bad that he abandoned New York because New York is where they, the whole telethon started. It actually started on what is now known as Fox Five, which is WNEW TV. It started for like a couple of hours on a Sunday. It was just a couple of hours on a Sunday. That's how it started. One station in Channel 5. He explains this over several interviews. Is this really the muscular dystrophy telethon uh, reunion show, Dave? Are you going to bring out Dean Martin? Who, by the way, he's dead. Are you going to bring out Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis right now? No, I'm not going to. I'm just. This, this is what I do, guys. I watch TV. I watch YouTube. I, I live a life. I, I thought I was going to talk about my mother and father. I really did because I went to visit him this Sunday. I just got in this whole jack with uh, Awesome Insanity Surfers and Ed McMahon and Alex Exum and all that other stuff. So anyway, it's fascinating to watch and uh, it expanded you know, from one station to many stations. So in New York, I would uh, watch the New York feed and I'd watch the California feed. So when they weren't you know, entertaining us in uh, California, I would get to see New York and probably be like Tony Orlando. I, th- I think he was always the New York guy, the Tony Orlando for some reason. Um, California was always Jerry Lewis and Casey Kasem and McMahon and uh, you know the whole galaxy of stars down there. So it was actually very entertaining as a young boy. Um, and this is Labor Day Sunday, so you know my friends and uh, family. Forget about my family. My friends, you know, I don't know where they would be. I, and I think all of us really enjoyed the telethon. I don't think I don't think one of us gave any money at all. To be honest with you, I don't think any of us made any donation whatsoever. I really don't. I don't think my family ever did. Never did. I feel guilty about it this very day. And I know if the telethon was on now, I would call in and you know make a pledge, without a doubt. And um, and Jerry said that every year, every year they got more than what was pledged. They didn't have a problem with people not coming through. They got more. People would pledge ten, and by the time the envelope showed up at their house, you know they they gave fifteen or twenty. And those numbers, by the way, never reflected the corporate investment, you know, investment, you know, the donation. So if they ended the show at $29 million, that didn't include the four or whatever some odd million that 7-Eleven and all those other guys got, gave. So it's pretty fascinating to get into a Jerry Lewis muscular dystrophy jag on YouTube and go through the whole thing. Um, one thing I, 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 I took away from the whole experience of watching all this, that... It was a unifier, I felt, the telethon. The country getting behind Jerry once a year, the same day every year, for I think it was 23 and a half hours or something like that. I don't remember the exact amount of time. But um, the country was unified for that day, absolutely. First of all, we were not nearly as, well, I don't know if I should say that. I didn't feel we were as polarized then as we seem to be now, seem to be, I don't know if we are, but seem to be, where everything is so, you know, I'm sorry to say, black and white, including relationships between the black and the white. But, you know, we seem to be quite polarized. But back then, it didn't seem as bad. But that was me. I'm sure for some people, it did seem polarized. And it was polarizing, I'm sure, for a lot of people. But also, not only 
was it a unifying day? Because you would talk about it, you know, at the water cooler Monday or Tuesday, whatever you, you know, whatever job you had. You know, I hate saying water cooler. Not everybody had a water cooler. But you would talk, hey, did you see the telephone? No, I missed it this year. I was at the barbecue. Oh, well, how much money did he raise? I don't know, millions. Is he, is he ever going to solve the problem? I don't know. He says he's close. Every year is the same conversation all over the country. People are talking about Jerry Lewis and the muscular dystrophy. Uh, by the way, this isn't just some guy. You know, this is Jerry Lewis. It was a big deal. Jerry Lewis hosting the telephone was a big deal. Because he was Jerry Lewis. He made a, a ton of movies. Lewis and Martin. It was huge. And he had that mystique. You know, the clown, the sad clown, the angry clown. You know, behind the behind the jokes, behind the uh, the pratfalls and uh, the, the whole guffaw, the whole lady, all that. There was an angry man in there. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. He died pretty angry. It seemed like he died pretty angry. He didn't die happy. Um, and then he had that major illness at the end. He took the steroids. He was all bloated. It was uh, kind of tough to watch. So anyway, well, I'm all over the place today. But... The other thing that I took away from this, watching all this Jerry Lewis muscular dystrophy telethon thing, was the involvement of the youth. You would see there'd be these moments where these, I don't know if it's key club or whatever, but these people would be involved. These kids would have dance-a-thons, skate-a-thons, you know, carnival-thons, whatever. They do these things. There was actually a really huge roller skating um, entity, I don't know, some organization uh, that would contribute, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. I don't know. Uh, uh, he mentions it. The skate, the the, uh, the roller skaters. He would refer to refer to them as the roller skaters. So people had all these thons, dance a thon, walk a thon, whatever. And you knew it was for muscular dystrophy. And it was all over. It was all year long. Bowl a thon. I remember bowl a thons. All this stuff. A lot of thons. And uh, this was all to raise money for Jerry Lewis. So, it's a unifier. It was a unifier. And we don't have that anymore. When they got rid of Jerry Lewis and they lost that telethon, the whole telethon fell apart. I remember, wow, that's a, that's a big mistake. Huge mistake. I would still watch it to this very day. If I could. I'm, there's got to be a network. I am amazed there hasn't been a revival. Somebody saying, hey, you know, let's get somebody and revive this telephone. And what's also interesting is that yeah, uh, there's no other uh, organization that has put together anything even close to the muscular dystrophy telephone with Jerry Lewis. And he got criticized for that. I watched him on his Donahue show, Phil Donahue show back in the late 70s. You know, cystic fibrosis and uh, the Heart Association, you know, all these all these other uh, organizations that need help, uh, they never they never got the time. They never they were so dwarfed in their fundraising. It was horrible. I mean, it was really not horrible, but, you know, muscular dystrophy was, after how many years, we got billions. No government money whatsoever. It was all people money. Anyway, I thought it was fascinating. And I do think that you could trace... A lot of, uh, I've had conversations with several of you and several other people about the downfall of this country, you know. Uh, and I think if you go back to the day and time where they said, that's it, Jerry Lewis, you know, go to that day where they put out that press release that Jerry Lewis would no longer be involved with the telephone. You'll see, I bet, that's my theory. I'm not going to follow through, I don't have time. But my theory is you find that date 
I don't know how many years ago that was, three, four, five years ago, probably ten years ago at this time. I have no sense of time. That um, you'll see a big slide in American uh, culture, American uh, polarization and all that other stuff. You'll see it. I bet you will. You know, you could blame it on religion. You could blame it on Donald Trump. You could blame it on a lot of things. But somewhere at the beginning of this all, uh, you could blame it on 9-11, which is tomorrow. You know, that, that, that has a lot to do with it. You know, that really upset us. There's a lot of things you could point to. It's never one thing. It's not one thing. It's many things. Uh, I just took a mini breather break. Let's do a breather break. We haven't done one in years. Let's do a breather break. Three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. I don't have a thing for it right now. It's probably right here. Do I have a thing for it right here? Uh, what is this? Time for a drink break. No. Why didn't I get rid of that? I didn't like that one. That was low volume. I didn't like that one. What is this one over here? Oh, I can't hit the button. Hey, Dave. Yes. Dave. Oh, Joe. It's time for a breather break, Dave. Oh. Well, thank you, Let's Joe. Do something different this time. Okay. What do you want to do? Let's fart like a bandit. Oh, again with this. <laughs> I'm not going to... F- that. I know. Fart like a bandit. All right. No, we're not going to fart like a No. No, no, no. we got to breathe. This is... No, Joe. Okay. <laughs> That's not right. That's not right. Okay. Anyway, let's just breathe. Three deep breaths. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you reminding me that we needed to do a breath break, even though I had just mentioned it. And no, we're not going to fart like a bandit. And I know Sean loves it. Your son loves it. And uh, it's good for Sean, but not good for not good for my fans. All right, here we go. Three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, and then we'll uh, finish up the show. Ready? Let's go. You know how to do uh, Let's do a test. Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I haven't taken a deep breath in a couple of days. I was doing it like crazy for a while. I really was expanding my lungs. I'm telling you, folks, if you do this on your own, three deep breaths, go stronger, stronger, stronger each breath, hold it and let it go, you will feel much better. I'm telling you, I, I don't feel great, but I know I'm breathing a lot better. Here we go. Breath number one. Go. By the way, I just exhale through my mouth. You can exhale through your nose if you want. The next one, the next two, I'm going to try to exhale through my nose. I know some of you are uncomfortable with that. Do the best you can. Breath number two, go. All right, breath number three. Last one. Hold it at the top really strong. Well, this is for everything. Make it hurt a little bit, and then we'll be done. Ready? Go. All right, that was good. It was good for me. That was a breather break. That was a breather break brought to you from the oldest and longest sponsor, Air. Anywhere you are in the world, there's air, and it's free and clean. You should breathe it. Live to breathe, breathe to live. Air. Oh, yeah. All right, there you go. That was the first time in a long time we haven't done a breather break. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, sometimes I just get so busy, I don't want to do one. This show doesn't have like these, except for the intro. I don't really have like a steadfast thing that I do. We mix it around. We mix it up a little bit. Things get monotonous. Things, you know, get old and tired. So, uh, I, and I do want to change the intro. I actually do. We have changed the intro, but now we're back in the in the Kia. We blew up the fit, and now we're back in the Kia. So, um, and uh, soon I'll be doing one from the from the Dodge Caravan. I got to come up with one for the Dodge Caravan. All right. So that was it, Jerry Lewis. Check it out, YouTube. Lots of fun. Go on the Jag, muscular dystrophy. It's all good. 
See the moment that they brought a, re- a reunion. Frank Sinatra had a reunion with Dean Martin and uh, Jerry Lewis. That was a great moment. Great moment in television history. And um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff uh, watching. Oh, on this Donahue episode, Jerry really gets political. Uh, I would love to have edited some clips and played it on the show. Uh, I don't know if he what he was registered as far as political. You know, Democrat or Republican or Libertarian. But he does say some things that are very relevant to today. And uh, it's interesting. A lot of, you know, okay, here we go. Let's let's do this. I'm not going to talk about my parents unless I have to. I went to visit them this week. It was good. I'll give you a real quick thing. I had an idea that I, because uh, I had to go after work. I just worked five nights in a row. I did 63 hours of truck driving last week. 63. Not including the commute. And I got paid for the holiday, which is Labor Day. So the commute, you know, is an hour each way, whatever. So uh, that's 10 hours, basically, of commuting. 63 hours of on-the-clock truck driving. 73 hours. I did 73 hours in five days. Sa- Sunday morning, because, you know, I work Saturday nights now, because of the geniuses of my job. They, you know, they, make a, they make a great schedule. Great schedule. And uh, I had to go visit my parents. I had to, well, my, yeah, my parents and my, my wife has to go visit her stepmother. And uh, we have to make our appearances, you know. We don't do it often, any, you know, like once every six weeks, maybe. Once, anything more than once every six weeks is really taxing. It's a long drive down to Brooklyn. You know, two hours, a little bit more than two hours. Then it's a whole day down in Brooklyn, and then it's, you know, two hours, it's two hours back. It's exhausting. It really kills kills your day. Kill, it kills. But you do it out of respect, you know, because you know, one is my mother, one is her stepmom. But it's exhausting. And if we li- believe me, if we lived in Brooklyn, we'd be there every day. I-, I-, I can't say I would visit my mom every day, but I would visit her quite often if it was, you know, 15 minutes to a half an hour drive. So I live in Saugerties. So, you know, New Paltz is a half hour south. Albany is 40 minutes to the north. Yeah, I would visit my mom and my dad more often. You know, uh, you-, you guys understand. You all have parents, friends, family. You visit, you don't visit for reasons. Not because you're selfish, because it's exhausting. So I had an idea. Um, I proposed this to my wife last week. First, she gave me some pushback, and then eventually she 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 went along with it. That I would we drive down to Brooklyn, and by the way, I'm doing it Sunday morning. Right as soon as I get off of work, no sleep, no sleep. I got home, showered, got dressed, boom, we were gone. Um, we were you know on the road. I think I slept for 15 minutes or 20 minutes down the road without my CPAP on, and I think I slept for about 15 20 minutes on the way back too. But the proposal was I would drop her off at her stepmother's, which I usually don't. I usually go with her. And it's really painful because this particular nursing home that her stepmother is in is horrible, grim. And the people in there, ugh, it's just so grim. Grim. And uh, then we would go and visit my mom and dad. And not as grim, totally like Taj Mahal compared to a seedy, unnamed Motel. That's the difference between my st- her stepmother's uh, uh, nursing home and my mother's nursing home. It's one is like this horrible, seedy, disgusting place, and my mother is like in a in a Hilton. And, uh, anyway, and then we spent a couple hours there, and then we leave. Then we're exhausted. We're both exhausted. We're both like bitter, tired, exhausted, and just. You know, ugh. But I had a proposal that I would drop her off at her stepmother's. I would go visit my mom, and. Um, my wife would give me a text or a call, say, hey, I'm ready. Come get me. And I would, I, I have no choice. 
I'd have to tell my mom, hey, I gotta go. I gotta go pick up my wife. I gotta go. This is, you know, we gotta, we gotta do everything in about an hour, an hour and 15, an hour and a half. So then I gotta go. And my wife's gotta go to work now on Monday. She's got a full-time job in the school system, so gotta go. It's not like she has nothing to do on Monday. I have nothing to do on Monday. <laughs> I, I haven't slept. I gotta go. So anyway, so that's what we did. And it worked out. Mm. Was that a worthy story? Was that really interesting to you? I felt like it was important to tell you. So now this is what we're going to do, I think, every time. I'm going to drop her off at her stepmother's. I'll go visit my mom and dad. And then uh, when she gives me the call or text, I go, Hey, guys, got to go. Got the, I got the signal. I got to go. Can't stay all day. Nice to see you. Got to go. Bye. And it turns out there's another deaf person now at the nursing home that my father actually knew. This, this, this guy, his last name, Levy. Nice kid. I mean, nice kid. Nice guy. Friend of my father. And, um, and the guy's son was there. And I got a chance to see the son. I haven't seen him in 50 years. So it was nice to have a little conversation. I wish they were there, you know, last year when I spent 60 some odd days with my mom. It would be nice to have somebody to talk to. All right. So I guess I'm not going to get to the other thing I wanted to talk about, which was I don't remember now. Jerry Lewis, what was it? Something? TV? I don't remember. Does it really matter? Who cares? All right. Anyway, the lost episode is, is gone. That's not going to be retrieved. Remember I mentioned last week I had an episode that my app, my speaker app 8, that's pretty much gone. It's still on my phone. I can see it. Maybe one day they'll figure out how to retrieve it, but until then, it's gone. So I'm not going to do any editing. No more editing. I'm not touching that button. They say they're going to make improvements to the app, and I believe them. I know they're working hard on it. I'm glad I mentioned it to them. I'm glad they're aware of it. They have my transcripts or whatever. They have my notes. They know what happened, but they don't know how to prevent it right now. Maybe they will. I'm still hopeful that they'll retrieve it, but until then, it's gone. I have to move on. Two episodes a week because I'm doing an hour on Mile High Radio, milehiradio.com, milehiradio.com. Thank you, Lynn and Bobby. All right, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tweeting. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for posting. Thanks for commenting. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, You'll have another one in a couple of days. All right. Goodbye. Good day. Good night. Good luck. Good riddance. Good rats. Godspeed and great skills. Take care, all. Bye.